Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill. I'm your guide as we journey through the car care industry. You can find Nick and I on most platforms under HyperClean Store. Best way to get in touch, though, go to the HyperClean Specialist Group on Facebook or shoot us a text direct to 918-800-1188. And this is the Community Pub. Welcome, gentlemen. I am drinking the Sierra Nevada Hazy Little Thing IPA. It's a uh, house favorite here. It's a favorite inside of the pub. And uh, listen, Big O, it's it's a pleasure to to see you in person, man. We talk quite a bit, and uh, we work through quite a bit of uh, hassles, right? And uh, we're always looking at how we can adapt and change and figure things out. And that's that's one of our topics tonight. Actually, is going to be so. Man, introduce yourself real quick, brother. Thanks for hopping on. Hey, no problem, guys. Um, can y'all hear me okay? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, so, you know, my name is Orane, and uh, everybody called me O. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a detailer. I, I, I listen to you guys every single day. Um, I, I always <clears throat> turn on the Stitcher. I'm, a, I'm an Android user, so... I always um, log into my Stitcher every day, and I like to see that icon that says new podcast. So, um, you know, I get a little disappointed when I log on there and there's nothing new. So I literally, I believe I literally listen to every single episode. Um, it just keeps me going every day. And, um, you know, um, you know, me and Marty, we, we text each other from time to time. We talk. And, uh, you know, just 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 an honor to actually be on here. I always, you know, like I said, I always listen, but, you know, I always been kind of shy to get on here. So <laughs> glad you hopped on, man. Let's let's share the story, because I think I mean, it's hilarious. It's people have he people have heard us discuss problems that go on in shipping. Right. They've heard us talk about it. But, man, you're here. So let's share the story. So last Wednesday, you order some uh, tray from us. We get it sent out like we do within 24 hours. Usually it's in the same day, but, you know, we give us 24 hours. We'll get it shipped out. Uh, we ship it out the same day. It's scheduled to arrive Friday. You go on vacation and you had pre-ordered so that you could get it there ready for your guys. Come Monday morning, uh, you have to give me a call because you still haven't seen your product. <laughs> and it's actually not even scheduled to arrive till tomorrow. And you've got cars waiting and you're going, Hey man, what's going on? So I go, no problem, brother. I know we've had this before for some reason, right? There's little pockets where UPS does some interesting things. I think hmm. you and some other people have actually had to go to hubs and try and find your package. And it, it's, it's interesting the way people run their, their businesses, especially in shipping. Well, Monday I go, Hey man, we'll, we'll, we'll make it right. We'll get it out to you. We overnight it Monday to you. It's scheduled to arrive Tuesday, right? No problem. Well, Tuesday I'm, I'm, comes I'm around checking the track too. <laughs> you ain't got no shipment. And we're going, what the hell is going on? It finally arrives today. Uh, I I get zero answers from UPS, our sales rep. We wonder if she's actually fired because the manager's getting to, involved. We still don't have an answer. But I did finally talk to the, the hub manager here in Tulsa, you know what his answer is? Well, it was a six by six by six package. I mean, it just probably got lost. 
wait, what? Like, yeah, it probably fell I, off the shelf. They, yeah, they yeah, that's what he shelf. said. He goes, you know, it comes in, it goes, yeah. gets put on a belt, and you know, I mean, it just is what it is, brother. And I'm like, hold, okay, man. Like, I'm trying to, you know, not get upset at the guy, right? It's not his fault. He's just, you know, he's just doing his job. And I just go, okay, man. I just, but I've got a customer that's been waiting for packages, and there are two of them. And he says, you know what? On the next one, he writes our name down hyper clean. He goes, you know what? I'm going to do my best to check for these overnights every time. And I'm always going to look, you know, we've got a good relationship with our driver. His name's Alto. He's a good dude. You know, I, we try everything we can, but man, right. Like sometimes shit happens is out of our control. We have no idea how to, how to handle it, man. So yeah, man, I appreciate you, man. You made it happen for me, though, man. We got the codings laid on there. Um, it just happened that uh, we got some bad weather here in Atlanta. So it's, it's like raining for the next three days. And um, the customer actually, they were like, hey, man, can you keep, keep our cars until Friday? So yeah, I'm like, hey, no problem. You know, so we got them laid on there, man. Yeah, man. I, but crazy to keep having to wait and change up things. So we we definitely yeah. value uh, your patience and Hey, that's funny. Yeah. So, hey, Nick's hopping on. We got two Nicks hopping on. Uh, hey, uh, Nick, this is uh, this is Big O. This is our boy down in Atlanta that's hey, having so up, much Big patience. O, <laughs> hey, uh, UPS is struggling down there. <laughs> What's been going on? Yeah, yeah man. They, they, they struggling, man. They, and you would imagine that I'm like two blocks away from them. Like, I can almost go pick the packages up myself. But, man, I don't know. For some reason, they keep falling off the shelf in the truck, man. Hey, you're killing it down there, man. How's everything going? Uh, man, everything is good here, man. You, you guys, um, I tell Marty all the time, man, you guys make some great products. Um, you know what I'm saying? I'm a, um, you know, I'm a detailer and, um, you know, we, we really do it um, full time here. Uh, we got a, a, a real, you know, the real thing going on. So we, we apply this stuff all the time. Uh, we've been through a lot of different codings. Um, you know, I got guys that, that are installers and, um, you know, just, just the ease of application is, is the most important thing. And then just, um, look, seeing how the cars react when they come back. Cause we try to maintain the cars, uh, that we put the coatings on and, um, you know, just come, just comparing, um, you know, other stuff that we do in the past, uh, compared to how easy this is to apply and how <clears throat> the outcome is and when you actually maintaining the car. So you guys are definitely doing it, doing your thing over there, man. Keep it up. Well, Big O, the question I have, which uh, it's interesting that that Nick's busy cooking. So, cooking with Nick, what's uh, what's on the grill tonight? Uh, I'm gonna attempt to recreate the Chipotle burrito bowls. Hmm. So we'll see where that goes. I got chicken marinating, um, cleaning the grill at some point. So, hey, those bowls are pretty good. So the question I have, uh, we've got two places that are known for some good old fried chicken is Nashville hot chicken going to trump the chicken that comes out of that hot Lana. I don't know. I've yes. had both, both are ex oh, exceptional. When I went to Atlanta a couple years ago, we flew in and that was the first thing I did was I found a, a little hole in the wall in a strip center that somebody had recommended. We sat down, had, uh, had some yingling, had some greens, had some fried chicken. Oh man, it was Southern as can be. And it was amazing. But that Nashville hot chicken, uh, that's hard to beat too. I don't know. Cooking with Nick. What do you think? Does Nashville have a chance to, to beat out Atlanta? Always, 
Always, man. It's natural <laughs> hot chicken. Wait, like that's the name. It's natural hot chicken. Now I don't have any experience personally with Atlanta hot chicken. Only thing in Atlanta and only only connection between Atlanta and chicken I know is lemon pepper chicken, like lemon pepper wet, and that's a recipe I've made many times. But in terms of hot chicken, I mean, there's no way it can compete with Nashville. It's natural hot chicken, man. <laughs> I don't know, Big O, what do you think? I mean, I agree with him, man, but not the wet, though. You know, we like the chicken, the lemon pepper, extra crispy, man. <laughs> crispy wing, but like a wet glaze sauce on top of that. You got to okay. toss the crispy wings in the glaze, and it's, it's a thing. Okay. Right, so, hey. so we all know it doesn't come out of Vegas. The best fried chicken doesn't come out of Vegas at all, huh? No, we, we have – no great places to eat in Las Vegas, Marty. I mean, <laughs> it's it's only like the top place for every restaurant ever to be. So, no, we don't have good food here. So, it's interesting, Big O, like I said, thanks so much for hopping on because one of the first topics that we want to kind of toss around with is, is listen, exactly what you and I are working through. Something earlier when we talked, we go, all right, we're going down this path, but we, just, we need to make a change, right? Like we, we can't keep doing this over and over. We've got to, we've got to adapt. There's got to be an evolution to the, the way we're doing business. And, and the, the idea that kind of I've been stewing over is because I started listening to a book. Has anybody ever listened to or, or know who Marcus Aurelius is? I think anybody that's gotten into history of Roman history, uh, he, he was a pretty big stud, right? I mean, uh, there was movies about him. He was, I, I don't, I don't know his complete history, so I can't go into it. The book isn't really about him as a historian and it doesn't go over everything that he's doing, but it's, it's a book on his meditations. And one of the meditations that, that I listened to today, yesterday, which I found very fascinating was about the theory of change how so much in our world, you look at environments, you look at other species as far as apart from the human race, you could definitely look at the human race and see evolution and change. But the amount of change that goes on in just the average world, let's just talk about animals. Let's talk about food. Like a seed has to go in the ground. It has to change. It has to grow into a tree. It has to bear fruit. That fruit then has to change to go into your body and to create nutrition. That's a specific example that he used. I found it fascinating because, well, sometimes in business, though, we don't always like change, right? Oh, it wasn't exactly the most thrilling conversation to go, hey, man, this is continuing to happen. We're going to have to make an adaptation. <clears throat> Nick and I uh, have, have definitely evolved and changed the brand of what we're doing. We constantly go through, whether it's weekly or sometimes even daily last year where we were going through and, and seeing what changes we need to make. So I, I thought it'd be interesting to toss that idea back around. And I, I'm going to jump over to Lucas, who's been up there kind of quiet and just Lucas, what have you done that changes wise in your business or things that you've seen that you've gone, Hmm, I need to make a change. Um, shipping is a rough one right now. I've, I, you know, I'm sick of shit being lost through FedEx. I usually get, have pretty good luck with UPS and I've had, I've never had any, anything but great, great luck with FedEx in the past and last few shipments I've got are magically disappeared. <clears throat> so I don't know what the solution is there. I've tried looking towards some more local suppliers for things like tools, pressure washer parts, 
um, lo local dealers for my extractor. So I'm trying to find more local suppliers for stuff like that. And I, I know they have to get stuff shipped in too, but they're more likely to have an inventory of things that I can, I can, if I need something, I like to be able to pick up the phone, call someone and go pick it up within 10 minutes, you know? Um, cause stuff breaks and yeah, especially for equipment, chemicals, I can usually buy in bulk a ways out and not have to worry too much about that. But the, the last minute shit breaks down. It's nice to have a guy local to you that carries parts or service or something like that for as much of your equipment as you can find. Um, and I know that's not an option for all, some communities. They're a little small, but even if it's hour or two hours away, it's sometimes worth the drive if it's in a pinch, you know? Um, and that's yeah. interesting because Nick and I can remember the dot coms that just started exploding and how much that changed our industry to where our industry and many businesses went away from the local and went all online. So mm -hmm. now you're kind of seeing a, a revert back in a sense, and you're, you're changing to figure out what you can get from a guy, you know, like you said, power washer parts and stuff like that. Yeah, man. I mean, when it's come to shopping my whole life, I've always been impatient. I'm the kind of guy that likes to hold it and check it out before I spend the money on it. Even if it's a $10 thing from Amazon, a phone case. So yeah. I, I mean, up until I started detailing, I probably had a total of 12 items I ever ordered from Amazon in my history. I like to, I'd, I'd rather pay an extra 10, 20% to have the convenience of being able to get it today right now when I need it and I want it. And yeah, I don't know if that's going to be the future or not. I think eventually the shipping thing will level out maybe probably, but in the time being, it's nice to have the connections locally to where I can, if I need, I mean, shit, I, my pressure washer, my stubby gun decided to explode itself internally. And I called up my pressure washer guy who's 15 minutes south of me. And I said, hey, do you got this gun on the shelf? And he's like, oh, yeah, we got 20 of them sitting on the shelf and brought it back to him and got my replacement came back versus, you know, waiting three days for shipping from someone. Yeah, it makes sense. Derek, what about you, brother? As uh, you've... Uh... You've continued to grow through the industry and continue to develop your business. You you often have a lot. Uh, you often have a lot to change, and you you got career that you got full time with what you're doing in detailing. So you're probably doing a lot of changes. What are some things is that you've seen apart from shipping and apart from some of the other stuff? You know, maybe it's customer dynamics, maybe it's their financials. You know, what what are some stuff that you've seen? Well, even like uh, today, like a good example, um, I think in the last couple of years, I kind of had to slim down a lot of the services that I was offering and only going to kind of go to like, um, instead of doing like those single, like we'll just wash the car, we're just going to do the interior. I now started to almost cut a lot of that stuff out. And it's like, basically, if I'm not going out for, you know, a certain amount of, a certain amount of money, I'm not going to go out at all. I mean, I had a guy call me today um, who one of somebody threw up in his car and he's like oh we cleaned up some of it but a lot of it's just on the door panel like it's just all over the door panel it's been there for three days and I really want you to come out and clean it i you know i don't have like i said i, I have a full-time job and then i detail parts so i don't i don't have like a ton of time so i'm already out like two weeks as far as appointments like this week i'm gonna be busy as hell um so i basically told him like hey man like i don't have anything for like a while and he's like well he basically told me today like what amount of money is going to take for you to come out into my car as soon as possible and i was just like i'm gonna be honest with you no amount of money because i don't want to clean up throw up so i basically told him like i'm sorry man um and he was like taken aback he's like whoa so i mean that was the one thing that was uh, changing 
which is kind of slimming out a lot of my packages where it's like you got these for me to go out in detail like i only have but so much free time i got to be worth my time for me to go out and do it all right big o what about you what are some changes you make in atlanta over the whether it's past years or something locally now that uh, you're going hey I, I have to make some adjustments because things have changed in the environment uh, around atlanta um so right now man for us um you know it's really you know and um since since the whole pandemic like even in my even nothing with detail and in my personal life man i'm getting emails after emails from my pest control company everybody i do business with on, on a personal level they're emailing me saying um they're having to increase prices because of supplies um whatever you know is causing pricing to go up so you know, since 2020, I, 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 my company, we just been eating the costs. You know, I, 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 you know, I've always been a little, um, you know, even though we raise our prices, it's always a little tough to raise our prices on your customers, especially when you got loyal customers. So, uh, man, you just been eating the costs, eating the costs. And then, you know, uh, you sit down with your accountants and uh, you're looking at numbers and you kind of seeing all the money that, that's going out the door. Um, so with me, really, it's just, um, you know, having to, explain to customers that, um, you know, price has to, we got to raise our prices because, uh, you know, my suppliers, my vendors, all the pricing has increased. So I can't, I'm trying to stay in business. So, you know, for me to stay in business, for my employees to be comfortable, I got to raise the prices too. So, you know, we got some people that, you know, they're upset, but we also got customers that they understand business. Um, you know what I'm saying? So um, really that's, that's the issue right now, you know, just people, you know, people getting a little tight with the money, but you know, it is what it is. You know, most people understand and I'm okay with, um, you know, I'm okay with losing a few people, um, you know, if, if that's what it takes. Raising prices is never fun, right? It's not, it's not something you really want to do. It's something that Nick and I have had to toss back and forth. It's something we struggle with on our side. Uh, there's no doubt. Um, Nick, what about uh, on the detail side? How do you handle with customers as you've made changes uh, to your detailing packages over the years? Because you don't have the same price as you do that you did 10 years ago. Uh, so how do you go about handling your customers when you're making a change on price? Uh, the first thing, you know, once gas goes up for us because there are so many trucks, we tighten where we actually detail. So if I got to go way outside of a zone to detail, uh, what happens on my end is it's it's really basic. Hey, man, you know, we don't really detail in that area. It's not near any of my routes. There's going to be a trip charge. That's number one. Uh, but, you know, we did uh, on some of our maintenance clients, they, they had to be raised with gas prices. It's a simple conversation for me. Hey, you guys have seen the gas prices. You're paying them. We're paying them. I'm passing it on. It doesn't equal more profit. Uh, if anybody ever has a question about that, uh, that's how I would handle it. My price increase is just to get me back to level with the way gas has gone or my uh, chemicals or whatever has gone. So I, I actually just tell the truth. I mean, I, I find that if somebody's going to have a problem with you raising prices at any point, you're better off losing that person because you're moving to a different point in your business. I've raised prices that had nothing to do with the economy before. So you know, I've had people, oh, well, you know, I think I'll go somewhere else. I found out a lot about that client in that moment. It's like, hey, man, you know, I'm getting better at what I do. We're offering better service. We're doing this and that. 
you don't want to, you, you don't want to stick with me. It's all good. I, I never had a, a problem with that at all. Uh, it's their money. They can do what they want, but I also had, drew a hard line. I never let those people back. So <laughs> I've had a bunch of them call me too. Hey, I'd love to do this. I'd love to do that. I'm like, nah, man, we're good. You know, you, you made your call. Yeah, there's small changes and there's big changes sometimes. You know, a big change that we tried to make over the past years, uh, you, you can make as a small little company, you can make changes inside your own company, as well as you can try and make changes in the industry. The changes that we made uh, as Derek was an early adapter into it was using ultra concentrates and trying to send out a different style, right? Instead of everybody doing the same thing, we were trying to change up the way people would use a product and you would get a product in a raw form without all the water, which listen, water is just a binding agent. That's, that's what it's for. It's, it's great. And we experienced in and out of some changes inside of the line of the, all, all of our ultra concentrates. But overall, we, we constantly would see damages and see bags leak and see problems. And so we've had to make a change on that. And that's a big change for us. And there's going to be a, everybody's going to see. And the reason why I bring this up is literally Brandon just sent me a text of a bag that got damaged Aww. and started leaking. This is a bee bag. I have never seen a bee bag ever leak. And he sends it to me uh, like, listen, we, I just, so I wanted to take that moment to go, listen, one of the changes we're making is now you're going to see in the hyper clean ultra concentrate line, you're going to see it come into a 32 ounce bottle. That's got a really hard cap on it. It's going to lock itself in. We, we needed to move away from the bags, even though we had heavily gone that way to change a yeah. part of the industry, we're still changing the industry and we're still sending out an ultra concentrate that you make a five gallon cube of product, but we just had to change the way the delivery was going to be sent because of not only UPS, but also just, we don't know why the bag suddenly just, I've never seen a B bag leak. And, and he sent it to me. Uh, Brandon, what about you? Uh, I, besides the haircut, man, I, I love the change of style looking fresh and clean on the sides. Uh, looking good, brother. Uh, what are some changes you've seen over the past, well, was it year, maybe six months? What are, what are some things that you've done to change? Yeah, I'm, I'm always uh, in my area. I always want to be the first doing something. So like I was one of the first ceramic coating installers. I'm trying to get into the PPF world. There's not a lot of people here doing it, uh, but I'm always trying to change to get on the trend before it starts. So also I contacted you, I don't know, a year and a half ago about products. I just had that idea that that's going to be a big thing. And I finally have the opportunity and I'm doing it with you guys. So that's a big change I'm making. I'm also. Yeah. Hold on just a second, Brandon. Let's yeah. go ahead and brag on you for a little bit. Oh, you nailed a very large dealership. You, you got a deal that listen, man, it, it's going to really be a propeller for you. So we just want to tell you, congratulations, man. You did a great job. Continue to go back and, and work on that sale and work on that sale and work on that sale. And you got them to go ahead and go through with it, brother. So we're excited about getting ultra concentrate hyper clean up there in Syracuse with you. And you're going to be putting it out into listen, a, a whole slew of dealerships up there and about to be a massive takeover for you, brother. We're excited. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Great job on that. Thank you. 
All right. So walk us through what that meant as a change for you. I mean, you had to probably do some internal changes, some some physical changes in your business. I know you're you're also looking to change of, of moving into a shop. You got you got a lot of changes going on. What what made you come into those realizations that you need to have an evolution in your business? Uh, some of it's the economy. Um, a big thing that's driving me towards a uh, shop is mainly I think it will help the products, but also it's going to, I think it's going to equal out, if not make it better for the cost in gas. My, my truck that gets seven miles per gallon in my, in my new truck. Um, so that's one change I was thinking I'll get the shop. I'll make up all the time of packing, driving, doing all this stuff. And I'll have a lot more time for me to focus on things. Um, so I'm trying to go towards that. I'm also making the change of trying to get out of my truck right now to buy a higher mileage used car, lower my payment, put that into the shop or an employee, which is the other change. I'm trying to start that process as well. You got a lot of changes going on, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of changes going on. Uh, I, I don't, I don't blame you. I'd get out of a seven, <laughs> a seven mile a gallon truck every day. Or like the change I made is gas prices got up in 10, 11, 12. When I'm trying to build the company, uh, I switched to CNG. Uh, and I made a, a change to to get a CNG tank put into my truck and how we can get it adapted. And a, a business owner should always be looking at how they can adapt and change and evolve their business to continue to grow because Everything that's going to stand long term, I think this is one of the key points of what uh, of what he was making in his in his book or in his meditation was as time moves on, those that stay the same. They just get kind of left behind. Right. I mean, there's always an evolution. There's always a change. There's always growth. There's always moving forward. There's always going and going and going. So talk just for a second about what it took internally, because I would imagine fear might set in just a bit for somebody thinking that they need to make a change in their business, but their business has been doing X, Y, and Z over the past years. And they've seemed to be having really good success. And you yourself have been on having very great success over the, the past while you you're struggling through, which, uh, you know, let's, let's a couple of weeks ago, right. We were talking back and forth with you on which shop to go with one shop, you know, worked itself out that it wasn't going to work. You're, you're looking back at another shop, right? When you're trying to go through changes, it doesn't always happen according to what our plan is. What does it take mentally? What does it take inside to constantly keep trying to make sure that you can evolve and grow and continue to move on? It's like anything in life. Um, you're going to hear no a lot. You're going to be shot down a lot. You're going to fail a lot, but you just got to, if, if it's what you want, you just got to keep going for it. I just lost that other shop to a brewery that's going to pay almost a thousand more than I will a month. So I'm square one again, looking for another shop. So it's going to keep happening. But if I give up, it's not going to happen. You just got to keep trying. You lost to a brewery and, and we had a lot of struggles trying to find places because of the marijuana industry here, like the amount of growers that are in Oklahoma, they, they have just taken over the, the little warehouses. So yeah, man, it, not only is it an internal industry where we always have to continue to battle, but it's also the other industries so that we can get the property or the place that we want, man. And, and the fear, it's always there. Um, 
product wise too, when I started, I, I invested a lot of my savings into products, a lot of my savings and it's still scary, scary. I got tons in the garage. I haven't sold yet, but you know, if you don't take that chance, you're not going to grow. Just like you said. Well, how do you handle fear? What is it? What does she do with it? I just, you know, tell myself I've done this before and it's turned out okay. And I've made these jumps and made these sacrifices and my family drives me the most. It's for my kids. It's for my family. Um, so when I look at them, I know what I'm doing it for. It just gives me a lot of my power for that. All right. So that's your like internal, where you beat your chest and you go, this is what it's for type yeah. of deal. That, that's my dad mode. Yeah. <laughs> I just look at my kids and I know what it's for. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What does it, what does it take internally when you're looking at changes and making adaptations to your business and moving forward? What does it take for you? What, what do you look to you? How do you push yourself over the edge? Well, I mean, you know, man, it, it, it's all about risk, man. You know, um, you got to be able to take a risk. It, it's going to be scary. And, um, you know, it, it, it's a lot of scary moments, man. You know, but, um, you know, I believe in myself and, um, you know, a lot of people could be negative, but, um, you know, because I believe myself, my wife is very supportive. Um, you know what I'm saying? So she's a big motivation for me too. I hope I'm answering the question right, Marty. No, it's but, all um, good. Let me, let me, you know, just let you explain yeah. a little bit. You say you believe in yourself. Yeah. I, walk yeah. us through that, right? Like, what does it mean to believe in yourself? Is that a one-time deal? Is that a daily deal? Do you, do you reassure yourself? What is it that you do? So man, pretty much, you know, um, Man, you know, people always, people can be naysayers sometimes when you got a dream, you might mention it to the wrong person and um, they might just say something and it could kill your spirit. Um, so back in the day, uh, when, I, when I first um, said I wanted to uh, start my company, um, you know, I was in college, of course. Uh, this was like, you know, I always knew, uh, you know, I always been a detailer at heart. So when I told my close friends that I wanted to, you know, I was going to start my car detailing business. They all told me that, you know, they all kind of laughed and um, they all say, oh, man, you can't make money washing cars. You know, that's that's what everybody think detailing is. Uh, so they always, um, you know, people always tell me you can't make money washing cars. So my whole goal and motivation was to prove people wrong. So a lot of the things that I, a lot of the moves that I try to make is, you know, is to be successful and support my family, of course. But, you know, just deep down inside. I still try to be humble, but you know, I know I do it because people expected me to fail. So that's what keeps me motivated. Plus so I people got people depending on me. People actually verbally told you you would fail and they would, they would come against you in a sense of the dream that you had. Well, what does it fucking do with them? Why, why are they voicing their opinion? Yeah. You know, man, you know, not necessarily using those words and say you're going to fail, but you know, sometimes they make small comments like, you know, you're not going to make no money doing that. You know, you're not going to make, but I, you know, I knew what I wanted to do. I had a dream. I had an idea, you know, to everybody else. He was just say, hey, you just going to watch cars, but I saw a, a big business. I saw more than that. There's plenty of detailers that struggle with that from their family, right? Their family might not approve of, what they're doing. They might not think that they're going to make it. They might not think that they're going to survive. Fortunately, my dad never voiced that opinion until later in life where he was about to, you know, he's going through his moments of realizing he was going to die. He, he had geoplastoma. It was, he was kind of having some of those grips and it was one of the first times he ever told me he was proud of me. 
And he told me then he goes, I never thought that you would make it. <laughs> what? Like, you know, I'm glad he didn't tell me that when I started, but he goes, he goes, yeah, mom and I would talk on a regular basis. We just never thought you'd, you'd survive. We didn't understand what you were doing out cleaning cars. Like yeah. what? Like, Oh, like I, I'm glad you didn't tell me that. Cause I, you know, I was confident the whole time I was having a blast. Exactly. Yeah. Nick, what about you, man? Have you ever, you ever gone through that? Oh yeah. We got two Nicks on. Let's go with cooking with Nick first. Yeah. Do you struggle so, with people, you know, commenting towards you of what you can or can't do? Not really, man. I keep to myself. I, I find intrinsic reasoning to be a huge factor in my happiness. If I'm listening to a million other people on social media or things like that, you're just going to get confused and you're going to stall both in your personal life and your career life. And I had kind of a coming to Jesus moment with myself a few months ago where I had to look inside and say, okay, am I happy with where I am? If so, why or why not? You know, and just look inside myself and find my own motivation. And that was, you know, making waves in the car scene or, you know, continuing to work with Tesla. Um, and I realized I was on the right path and I found light in that and dove in deeper. And when I dove in deeper, I got the results I was looking for and I got rewards out of that. And it just keeps you going. That makes sense. Cool, man. Yeah. Makes sense. I'm going to come back to you in a second because I, I had an interesting yeah. conversation with somebody today. who was quite a gearhead. So, uh, cool. yeah, I'll, I'll be right back to you. Nick, what about you, man? How do you handle people outside looking in telling you what you can or can't do? Um, we kind of experience that hyper clean and detailing business and just about everything I do. Uh, I kind of look at it this way. Um, I'm so hard on myself. The stuff outside really just doesn't matter. Uh, you know, I want to make sure. I think the goals I have and the things I want to achieve every day is a little bit more than what everybody else expects. So if somebody has an opinion, I'll listen to everybody's opinion. I mean, I sort of we've sort of proven that on the on the podcast together. You know, we're, we're, we're ready to, to talk to people and hear everybody out. And, you know, doesn't mean I have to agree with them, but yeah, I've had plenty of people tell me this isn't going to work. That isn't going to work. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell this right now, you know, I bought real estate when everybody thought real estate was dead forever. You know, I was in the hardest hit city in Las Vegas. I mean, one of the three biggest hit cities, nobody saw it. It was around me. Right. Like they, they thought, Oh, if you go buy a property now, you're losing your mind, whatever. The first property I ever bought during the downturn, I recently sold and people were completely wrong. <laughs> so, you know, but I've had everybody tell me I can't do this. I can't do that. I think all of us hear that stuff. The, 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 the probably the thing that nobody wants to hear the most is people we all grow up and most of us are close to our family and you're told to talk to, to, to be a certain way with your family when you grow up and you always got to be tight, man, cutting toxic family is probably the number one thing most people aren't willing to do. And, and when you do it, it, it'll probably change the way you run your business as a business owner. I mean, it's just, you know how many people have never done it on their own. So they don't think you can do it. They don't believe you can do it. Uh, they heard this one story, then they relate it to you. So yeah, we all go through it. But I think if you're the hardest on yourself, then the rest of the stuff really doesn't matter very much. Yeah, it's interesting bringing in the family dynamic, like I talked about with my dad. I mean, 
there's plenty of people that don't have their dads that keep their mouth shut or sisters or brothers or moms or cousins or whatever. And these other people want to interject their opinions into our business as if they know what the fuck they're talking about while they, they sit at a nine to five or as you and I have jokes, like they might be a school teacher who work, <laughs> you know, eight months out of the year. Right. Like, and they want to tell us how we should run our business. Like it, it's really is comical. Derek, do you ever have that where, you know, as you're trying to go back forth was you and I have talked over the years, uh, decision of maybe should you go try and do a business or should you just stay with what you're doing? You know, it, how does that interject with you? Do people put their opinions on you or how do you handle that? Uh, not really like put their opinions, but I, I've had a lot of guys um, tell me that I, I, you know, I do good enough work that I should do it full time. It's like, why, why are you going to do your nine to five? It's like, and I don't know. I mean, I know at least in New Jersey, we get a, we get a long, a long period in the, in the winter where I, I really couldn't really detail. I probably could. Uh, um, I do get a lot of interiors in the winter and stuff, but um, I don't know. That's the, the biggest thing I get is people just saying like, you probably should go full time or like, why don't you do a full time? And then I get some pressure from customers where like, I tell them like, I can only do your cars ever. So ever like, I have a lot of customers who all coat their vehicles and they want me to come back once a month. And I can't, cause it's like, I only have it so many days I can do it. So it's like, you know, I can't really do a lot of, I can, I maybe three or four customers that I go do monthly maintenance with, but some of them, I just, I can't, I got, I have one guy who almost, he didn't say it, but he basically kind of told me like, well, I want you to be exclusive to just do my vehicles and I'll pay you this much. And I'm just like, man, I can't like, I, I have other customers that need to service. You're not my only customer. And I had to have a conversation with him. Like, listen, like, I'd love to just do your stuff, but like, I have other P customers who are depending on me to come back and do their stuff. So you know, I kind of like where I'm at right now as, as far as um, my business, I'm doing business on the on the side on the weekends, like I'm, like I'm three days a week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, once the weather, you know, the sun stays out a little bit longer, I can start doing it more, like maybe a couple more, couple more days a week. But um, I was really, really trying to wait until I bought a house. And uh, that's finally going to happen at the end of this month, I think. So but I'm kind of, kind of waiting. It only has a one car garage, but I'm kind of waiting. And I told Dana, like, as soon as we close the hell the full time, I'm just going to detail. And she's like, wait a minute. So um, we're going to, um, we're going to wait a little bit, but uh, I think soon, sooner than later, but um, I think eventually, yeah. but uh, it's like, it's like you guys were saying before, like I, I, I try to stay in my own lane, you know, guys tell me I'm really good. And I'm just like, I don't really like let it get to my head. I'm just like, Oh, you know, I do sell cars, but like, I'm really, I kind of just keep my head down. And if yeah, I let people tell me I'm doing good and I just kind of give them like a thanks. And then I don't really, Oh, I'm the best. It's like, you know, I just, I like cleaning cars, man. You know, you know, I get paid to do it and I love doing it. Yeah. Patience is a virtue that many don't value and your patience will pay off brother. It will. Yeah. Keep doing you, man. Don't worry about other people. Thank you, Julian, brother. Thanks for hopping on, man. Good to see you. We are talking through, uh, well, it kind of started with a book that I've been listening to from a, uh, on meditations. And he was talking about, uh, changing. Mm -hmm. How have, how have you changed and those changes that occur? Does anybody ever voice their opinions on your change and maybe what that you should or shouldn't do? Yeah. Um, so a few of my customers are business owners and they've definitely thrown in their advice and I've definitely taken it and can put into consideration. 
And what I do is I look at it and through meditation and through basically just thinking that long-term goal, which is like really me, uh, what I've done now is basically look at it in the sense of like, what am I going to do now that's going to benefit me in the long term? So what I've done now is now we have three employees so far. Um, well, actually four, four employees so far working about 20 to 30 hours per week. And now what I'm doing right now is taking advantage of all the ceramic coding marketing and taking to the next level. And basically I'm like the sales guy now. And then now I have a guy who's my partner and basically he's like the operations manager. And it, we've been just been basically just slammed this whole season. And ever since I basically introduced two more guys um, working with us and taking that risk and taking that jump, it was a lot of stress at first, but to get the ball rolling and now it's rolling now, it's, 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 it's really chaotic. It's not chaotic, but it's just, it's a big change for me to kind of put into consideration, but I've seen a big improvement for sure compared to last year. So I'm, I'm really grateful for, uh, for what's been happening so far. Yeah. Awesome, brother. So it, glad you hopped on because kind of the next thought and you're, you're a bit of a gearhead, I think, right? Like yeah. kind of a car guy. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what I thought. So got, yeah. Yeah. We got some really cool projects. We got a TRX in the garage right now. Um, uh, and uh, Ooh, I'll show you, I'll show you. Let me put my shoes on here. I work everything from home. So I got a nice little garage and all that stuff. I mean, let me tell this guy. Oh yeah, hold on. Let me put you on mute, brother. Hold on. So, <laughs> oh wow. wow. Okay, now you ready? There we go. Yeah. Doing a copywriter, right? So yeah, yeah, this yeah. is my garage. Hey Diego. <laughs> yeah, he's our part-time guy. Uh, Ford's from 4:30 to 8:30. He's 17, so he's he's get he's killing it, right? Yeah. So got a little verse that he's doing one step. This is a diamond coating package. We have all the ceramic pro branding right here. We're gonna, I, got, I already ordered some stuff for this uh, wall. It's gonna be an accent wall right here. Lights, these lights are about four years old now. I had it like from my past garages. Pictures I've taken. I used to be a photographer and then I got more work outside. SL 550. Ooh. Right here. And then uh, Larmy edition my bike um so it's just like it's been slammed it's like really busy and booked out my neighbors think i run drug operation but <laughs> yeah. but, but uh, i mean no, but, i mean i'm i'm just pretty fortunate like i'm just trying to milk it right now i live in like yeah. an upscale neighborhood and a lot of these people have new cars everyone's switching up to a tesla now and um i mean basically we've been getting a lot of just these cars of just everyone wants to get their detail in and with the Bay Area, I'm pretty sure you guys know, there's a lot of shops that are doing like one-stop shops. And I was a little hesitant at first. I think we talked about it at the previous uh, meeting we had, but I'm getting into it. So the ceramic coatings, we've been doing the vinyl wraps. We have two guys now that do vinyl wraps. So that's really good. So they can commission off those jobs. We have one booked for a snow camera wrap this end of the month. And then as far as that goes for window tinting, I've already booked some training for next month and the next month with like the best brand for window tinting. So we can basically have newer cars and a faster turnaround on those type of services and, you know, more money. But yeah. I mean, it's a little chaotic in a sense, but I mean, it's just, it's really rewarding. Cool. So here, here's where I was going is my favorite thing to do with a vehicle. My, I was talking to somebody earlier and they, they had their dream car, right. And they were, they pumped. Right. And they, right. 
their page is nothing but their dream car. And I go, that's awesome. You know, I like mm -hmm. much respect because I never really had a dream car. I got cars for me were always an A to B type of deal. When, when right. I grew up, most of, you know, like I've shared the story, my dad fixed all of our cars, right? He, he didn't have much, much else to do it other than read this big ass Adam's manual and try and right. figure out how to do it because he couldn't pay somebody. He just, he just didn't have the finances. So he had to figure out how to do it himself. So a lot of our cars didn't always quite operate the best, right? Like I've shared the story of, I had to drive back from college one time with a, uh, a right. samurai stuck in fifth gear going through small towns, trying to rev up my, you know, rev up my gas and RPMs and get, so I could move my clutch and just be able to get the car moving again. Right. Like it, it is what it is. I, you know, that's, that's the way I grew up. No, no issues. Now, mm -hmm. as it translates into me as an adult, I'm still sort of that way. I, I mean, I've, I still have my old pickup. I still have, I still have things that they're not the most amazing. Right. What is amazing to me is when I bought a Jeep, my dream car, I always wanted a Jeep and I absolutely love, and we're moving into spring. I've got about two months before it gets hot. Right. And then you got fall. I got about two to three months here where my top comes off. Then I'll take my doors off. And it is to me, right. For all the car people, like you got your reasons. And that's where I want to ask. Right. For me, that's my reason to love a car. I love my Jeep. I love the doors off. I love the top off. I love the freedom. I'm an EDM guy. I love house music, techno, all that stuff. It blasts while I'm going down. We got this place called Riverside. It's about five to six miles ish. That is just kind of like a, a cruise, right? Like it's very little stoplights. There's a river that goes down one side. The other side has parks or different things, you know, as you go down through some businesses, some apartments, but I'll cruise that, you know, sometimes I'll take the long way home, right? Because it's 70 degrees and the sun's out and it's just, it's beautiful. Lucas, I think you kind of like cars. I think bit. most of us here <laughs> kind of have a, a thing for cars. <clears throat> yeah. What is yeah. it about a car? What's your car life, right? Like car life. What's your car life like? Like, What is it that you most enjoy about your car life? Oh, man. Uh, I love driving. I love cruising. I love hanging out with the people you meet. I mean, if you go to a, a car meet, car show, track day, whatever you go to with whatever you got, that's about the only place I've ever found where you can find everyone of every color, every religion, every political ideology you want. It doesn't matter what you believe. You can have a KKK member and the Black Panthers talking about motorcycles right next to each other at a track day and they'll be the best brothers in the world while they're at this event because we got something and so much of something that we both have a passion to share so it it's helped me really grow as a person seeing a lot of different perspectives in life just from the people you meet because you share a passion and you know everyone everyone likes being faster than the other guys so it also is a way to spend a lot more money than what I probably should but you know it's part of the game gotta pay to play all right, what's your little baby that you like to pay to play? Right now, it's not much. Right now, it's just um, – well, actually, we, me and my wife just got a new car that I'm probably going to mod the hell out of. But um, my little car that I drive every day is just a 
it's an old diesel Volkswagen. So I got out of my 600 horsepower GTO and got into that last summer when grass, gas prices started creeping. And yeah, it's, it's definitely was a good choice not having a $200 car payment and now also spending $50 in diesel a month to drive 850 miles. So that was, that was a smart choice, but it's a riot to drive. It's slow as fuck, but it's, I mean, it, it makes turbo noises and it's got a manual. I got, I had a full custom interior put in it. I painted it purple and it's freaking sweet. And then my wife's new car, we're going to do like downpipe and a tune and wheels and stuff. And I'm going to make that the new race car, I think for this year, just because I don't want to have to, you know, stretch out too far for something fun, which is my struggle. I'm always looking at, on marketplace at more, more shit boxes or race cars or whatever to, to try and, have some fun with because you know every car even if it's the same kind of car everything's a different experience and you want to buy everything that looks fun so that's my struggle is try not to buy everything that i see <laughs> so that was a big change then for you that that would have been cool yeah that's that's cool that you brought that up you you saw where well it wasn't really practical anymore because the environment had changed around you aka gas prices and so you made a change man that's awesome well i, I mean i i I pay pretty, I watch and listen to more news and it's probably healthy for me too. And it's no secret that it throughout history, whenever a government is installed with or elected with a, uh, a green, a green agenda that's aggressive, I think is the nicest way to put it, whether or not any of us agree with it or any of the political jargon to go with it is beside the point. It doesn't matter, you know, with, with certain leaders, if their if their priorities are, you know, moving away from the fuels and energy sources we use, it's not going to take a genius to find that those those particular sources are going to increase in cost. So, I I'll never be able to give up my 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 diesel vehicle, my gas cars, or my diesel cars. I need an internal combustion engine. It's that's just who I am. I got nothing against the. The electric people, they, they love their cars more than probably anyone I've ever met, but they're not for me. So I'm going to hang on as long as I can to my dinosaur juice. Yeah, dinosaur interesting. Juice. I guess there's a new uh, partnership with Honda and GM, I think, it was just released. That. And they are they're yeah. going to do some. And as Nick uh, has mentioned, when he was at the NADA, and the more I hear, you know, I follow a lot of that stuff too, because as, as I was into distribution for dealerships and working with dealerships and still heavily involved, um, I like to know what dealerships are thinking, what brands are thinking. And that is fascinating. Tesla has made such a change on the industry that now you've got two massive brands that are different countries now are starting to work together uh, honda's got a, a big footprint here right of course but to have them start to work together to try and fight against tesla wow that's big it's big yeah for sure are you no know tesla for you though huh never i uh, mean I it's not it, 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 it's well, it's mostly the manual transmission i i'll i'll walk I'll probably end up pedal biking before I buy something that doesn't have a manual transmission ever again. 
<laughs> I'm not well, going to lie. Uh, to well, about Lucas. six or seven years ago when I bought my Jeep, it was incredibly difficult to find a manual Jeep. And I just kept turning them away, turning them away, turning them away. I'm with you. I, I, I had to have, when I got a Jeep, I had to get it manual. Derek, what's up, man? Well, I was going to say uh, Hyundai, um, and I think it's in India, they have a autumn, it's, a, it's basically a manual transmission that, you, that doesn't have a clutch. It only has the gas and the brake. So you have to still go through the gears like you normally would. Um, so I saw the video and I was like, oh, cool. But then I think it was the same day Ford announced they're going to be doing the same thing. And I think GM said the same thing. So now you can buy your, if they keep it around the Camaro or the other cars, I heard that I keep hearing rumors they're going to get rid of the Dodge Challenger soon. And, um, but so hold on. So let I me, heard, let me ask this and maybe you haven't looked into it. Maybe you don't know, but is that not what we already have in many of those where you can kind of move that stick shift over I, or not the stick but, shift, but move the, Move the, the, the gear changer over to that, you know, where you can like move it up and down plus minus. or minus. From, like, isn't from, that what we already have? From what I saw um, in the video that I watched, uh, it basically explained that like it, it is an actual like um, electronic moved clutch inside with a, with a, with a your actual shifter. So like when you put it in first, you know, it will, it will rev all the way up to, you know, seven down and then it will tell you shift gears, shift gears, and you have to put it, in the second and go through the gears and if you leave it like in fifth gear the car will will quote unquote kind of stall almost and then you have to shift it down so say you live in the fifth gear and try to go on a light and hit the gas is that like a like dual clutch off. it's 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 weird but the way i was explained to uh the video i watched was like it actually has like almost like a clutch pedal in it but uh, i think our computer operates the actual like the the, the pedal going up and down basically um but I don't know. Hyundai is talking about doing it in some of their vehicles, and then when I saw that, when I saw that Ford said they might, they may end up going to want to do Mustangs eventually. So, but I just thought it was like, oh, okay. So you kind of get, kind of get the best of both. But I hear, I hear what you're saying, Lucas. It's not, it's not the same. No, I, I got to have a user-operated clutch pedal for it to be. I'm an elitist. What can I say? Manual elitist jerks. <laughs> I don't know. I like the idea. I like paddle shifters. Like if you've driven like a Nissan GTR. I have. I'm a fan, dude. Like, I get it. I've had my fair share of, you know, manual transmissions. And, you know, if I had like a cool sports car or something, if I bought a Mustang or something like that, like, I, I would like to have a manual transmission priority. Absolutely. Uh, but like me, I, you know, I'm a diesel guy, I like pickup trucks. Um, yeah. I looked at G56 manual transmissions. And at the end of the day, Dude, just give me that. Just give me that automatic transmission. I want to put it in dummy mode and just push the gas. Okay. <laughs> you know? uh, so Dustin, right? It's a little yeah. bit different that I don't think people that are car guy, you know, shifters understand. You start getting into trucks or some of the SUVs with 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 a shifter, you you're not just moving it a couple, right? Like in a car, you're you're pressing that clutch and you're moving it. You're moving that gear about an inch. Right. Like maybe two at the most you get a truck. You're sometimes moving about four or five inches having to move away. Yep. Like you're going, it's, it's a big shifter, right? It's crazy. Yeah. With diesels, man, you get into, you know, they're high torque anyways. So if you get to putting any sort of power to those things, you know, you're looking at dual disc, triple disc, you know, clutches, and they're so stiff, dude. You'll blow your knee out just pushing in the clutch <laughs> after a while. 
you know, and I like my automatic because, you know, if, if, if a homie rolls up in his Dodge Challenger next to me and, you know, I, I've got 66 mils to throw at it and all the fuel we can put through that thing <laughs> from a 40 to a 130 roll, man, I'm taking you. <laughs> I, I, that's where I like the automatic transmission, but I, I'm with them. But I, I think the idea of, you know, the, the shifting without a clutch or like paddle shifters, of course, that would be cool, man. But like Lucas was saying, you know, his small diesels and stuff like that. Yeah. I'd want a manual transmission too, but it'll be interesting how things pan out and they come out with these new transmissions. But I think the manufacturers are seeing that, Hey, these people don't want regular automatic transmissions. Uh, they, They want something they can shift themselves. Yeah, yeah that makes one car of the life ways. a little a little bit more what user in a sense and not so much passive, but that is crazy though, because part of me also wants a Tesla so that I can press a button and never have to do a fucking thing. <laughs> I just sit back, let the car do its shit, and I just want to, you know, whether that's work or I was literally when I was driving today, I go, Man, what would it be like to press a button? And then I don't have to think about anything else while I'm driving. I can literally just enjoy the views. I can enjoy the breeze. I don't have to pay attention to cars. I can look around to see what all's going on. Like that's part of that too, that I, that automatic lifestyle that boy, I don't know, man, I, I could get used to big O. What about you, man? Uh, what's your car life experience like? But before you answer that question is, did I see you sipping on something? <laughs> Hey, this is Marshall, and we'll get back to Big O's response next week on the Pints of Polishing podcast, because this episode goes for almost two hours, and, you know, you better tune in next week to hear where the discussion goes. There's a reason we keep talking, and you will not want to miss it. This is Marshall. Make it a great day.